Good day, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Unboxing the Faith. Today, we will be discussing on the topic of LGBT and what the church's stance is on this topic. Today, we have Father Gregory Chan together with us to understand how to approach this topic with more compassion. Let us begin. What do you believe? Organ. Eucharist. Saints. Christmas. Tradition. Sacraments. Hymns. Trinity. Easter. Mary. I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. Our faith is not a question of I think. It's a question of Jesus Christ has taught us through the church. Welcome, Father Greg, to the podcast. And thank you so much for saying yes. How have you been? I've been good, Ian <laughs> and Thomas. Thank you, both of you, for giving me this opportunity of um, perhaps to start a dialogue, to build bridges. Yes. Yeah, and exactly what we want to do uh, for today. So yes. let's just go straight, in t- straight into it and let's mm-hmm. just address the elephant in the room. Mm-hmm. This is not an easy topic to approach mm-hmm simply because Mm -hmm. the world is advocating a certain type of movement, Mm -hmm. whereas the church Mm -hmm. is opposing this movement, Mm -hmm. you know, seems to teach otherwise. Mm -hmm. So perhaps as an introduction, Father, Mm -hmm. maybe you can share a few words on, okay, how the teachings of the church Mm -hmm. can seem, even though it can seem too assertive, but actually behind all of that, it's Mm -hmm. a message of love. Yes, but perhaps maybe... This was what I shared during my homily yesterday. And uh, yesterday we talked about this. I actually had somebody come to me to tell me, he says, why doesn't the church allow same-sex marriage? And if this is the way the church is going to, 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 to be, the Catholic church is going to be, I don't want to be part of this Catholic church. And I had to be very patient with this person to listen and understand, but more importantly, to allow him that time to speak, but yet at the same time, also to tell him this. The bottom line is this, that we are not Catholics on our terms. We are Catholics on God's terms. It's his terms. And we cannot say, why doesn't the church allow this? Because it really doesn't for same-sex marriage. But that, that's the bottom line. But there's a lot of grey area in which we can dialogue in mm-hmm. uh, to seek understanding. Not because we are homophobic, but because we have to understand the way in which our theology and our understanding of God is constructed. Yeah, very well put. So you've mentioned this already. So mm-hmm. going into a deeper discussion on yes. same same sex attractions mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. you know so for a short shorter form ssa mm-hmm. um to start off we first head to our favorite library in on mm-hmm. this podcast mm-hmm. the library the ccc mm-hmm. okay so in exactly. ccc 235 it mm-hmm. says mm-hmm. homosexuality refers to relations between men or between women who mm-hmm. are experienced an exclusive or predominant sexual attraction to persons of the same sex it has taken a great variety of forms through the centuries and in different cultures. 
Its psychological genesis remains largely unexplained, basing itself on sacred scripture, which prevents homosexual acts as an act of grave depravity. Traditions has always declared that homosexual acts are intrinsically disordered. They are contrary to natural law. They close the sexual act to the gift of life. They do not proceed from a genuine affection and sexual complementary. Under no circumstances can they be approved. Mm -hmm. So actually, there are two things that mm -hmm. I want to focus on mm -hmm. on the passage that I just mentioned, mm -hmm. which is number one, the term intrinsically disordered, mm -hmm. and then number two, mm -hmm. contrary to natural law. Because mm -hmm. I think these two things would help. Interrelated, in our, yeah. yeah. It will help. Help our discussion. But perhaps so, if I could just explain about yeah. natural law first. Huh? Natural law, we have to understand, is um, premised on the fact that we are able to discover what the law is by the use of reason. So this goes back many, many hundreds of years, uh, uh, even uh, from, I think, to the, the Greek philosophers, and especially St. Thomas Aquinas. So those of us who have read St. Thomas Aquinas, we understand uh, why, what is natural law? To be able to derive an answer from the use of reason by applying natural law. So first off, we have to uh, examine about uh, how St. Thomas Aquinas had used natural law. And in his Summa Theologica, he um, explains it. And from there, our whole criminal uh, justice system seems to be based, actually. It is based on... Um, Number one, a voluntary act, and the other one, a voluntary mind. And in order to discover uh, the degree of culpability, that means blameworthiness, we look at, number one, the act, and number two, the mind. So what is the mind? So we have various states which come to mind. Uh, first, intention. Then something which... So we intended to bring about a certain event or a certain result. Mm -hmm. We intended it. So this seems to uh, uh, talk about uh, culpability, because you intended to do this. Number two, then there is there are other states as well, recklessness, uh, negligence, and even blameless inadvertence. So natural law actually started off by giving us this uh, gift of what a crime is. And today we have any criminal, uh, 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 sorry, any student of criminal law, not any criminal, but any student of criminal law will be able to tell you straight away, you have to determine what is the actus reus and the mens rea. What is the criminal act and the criminal mind? The higher the state of the criminal mind, therefore we will have a uh, 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 more culpable action which is deemed criminal. Mm. So all this actually came from natural law. This was a gift to all of us. Our criminal justice system now is actually based on this. But be that as it may, we then talk about certain things which we are able to discover to be wrong or to be a sin or to be a crime. First off, killing. If you take an example of killing, killing is by definition something which natural law 
classifies mm. as a grave wrong. In fact, they will call it an intrinsic evil or an intrinsic disorder. Intrinsic because by its very nature, it is wrong. Disorder, so it is contrary to the order which is set up by nature. So if you think about it, um, if we're talking about homosexuality, then you will see that this uh, was promulgated a long time ago and had even gone into the penal codes of the Indian Penal Code and also the Malaysian Penal Code. Where do we find this? This offense is found uh, and is described as an carnal intercourse contrary to the order of nature. Mm. Ah. So where does this, so you're saying about talking about intrinsic disorder, so carnal intercourse uh, contrary to the order of nature. So all this, so what is carnal intercourse? Carnal intercourse can be lawful and unlawful. If you are having sex with your wife, if a man is having sex with his wife, that's lawful. But if it is with, against, against the will of somebody else, if it's with a, a, a woman, so that's unlawful. Because if that woman does not consent, so straight away, that's rape. So that will be unlawful. That will be unlawful carnal intercourse. Then, against the order of nature, so you will see. Why is it against the order of nature? Because it is contrary to procreation. Mm. And so if you think about it, what is procreation? So we have defined it uh, in, in uh, very simple terms. Husband and wife cooperating with God to bring creation into the world. And so while husband and wife, so they uh, engage in sexual intercourse. And that's not an, an offense if they're husband and wife. But if you're talking about uh, inserting the male organ into any other orifice, then it becomes against the order of nature because mm. it is not supposed to be meant for procreation. Mm. Yeah, procreation. Mm. So what happens then is, so if you inserted it in um, other, other parts or orifices, mouth, anus, then it then becomes a criminal offence. So see how it is defined, uh, carnal intercourse against the order of nature. This is the statutory definition which has been, which has landed in our statute books. So if you think about it, hey, this is something which um, natural law ha has, has been placed into our statute books and, and we can actually look at it and see how outdated it is. Hmm. Supreme Court in India have ruled that this law is unenforceable. <laughs> yeah, but that's India. But it's very much in force in Malaysia. So it also depends on how we view this law. If it's based on, uh, they say it's based on statute, but the Supreme Court in India have said, no, we will not enforce it. But this is purely from a legal perspective. In Malaysia, because our religion is Islam. So we have, uh, should I say, the, the, national, the national religion is Islam. So because of this, so this still is on our statute books, in our statute books, and it still constitutes an offense. I think punishable by as many as 20 years, 24 years. So 
um, even uh, there are some many many uh, notable people who have been charged uh, for this offence as well. Mm-hmm. So, my friends, I think the important thing now to understand is why is it considered intrinsically disordered? Under natural law, it goes against the order of procreation. Mm. So that's why it was considered to be uh, intrinsically, by its own nature, by its very nature, disordered. Mm -hmm. So that's why the offence is known as carnal intercourse against the order of nature. So that's how I'd like to clarify this. Mm -hmm. But today, our discussion isn't just about sexual acts or homosexual acts. It's about um, people, as you rightly said, same-sex attraction. People who are attracted to one another uh, uh, are from the same gender or from the same sex. Now, the problem now is these are only feelings. And feelings, there can be no right or wrong. Mm -hmm. Only when you act on them, that's when it becomes a wrong. But the thing for us is that we have to recognize the struggle. Honestly, as, as a priest and as a, 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 a friend to both of you, we have to think about how we can pastor to our friends who are experiencing same-sex attraction. So it's not just, um, it's not just the sexual act itself or the homosexual act itself. It goes to the very nature of the person the being of that person. And if that person feels that that person is attracted to, seriously, if you read from the Catechism of the Catholic Church, you will see that even though it is described as a grave uh, intrinsic disorder, but it says that its genesis is largely unknown, it has said. But more than the origin, what are, how are we to live? And that's the important thing. And that's when... I have to suggest that we need to support our friends. Mm-hmm. So not just isolate them and say, oh, you are uh, people with same-sex attraction or LGBTQ, and therefore I am not going to acknowledge you and not going to pass it to you. That's wrong. Mm. So how about this question? Mm-hmm. Um, we've just talked about we should pass it to them. Mm-hmm. We, should, we should find a way to mm-hmm. try to... In- Incorporate them, mm-hmm. include them, include them, include not incorporate them. In our include them. Yeah. Oh. So the question here is, mm-hmm. why not we just allow them to live how they feel? They don't mm-hmm. have to subscribe to this idea called natural law, do they? Mm-hmm. Why can't we just let them live how they are? Mm-hmm. Because this could seem like the church is trying to so and so called limit human progression mm-hmm. or uh, suppress progression. Problem in Malaysia, it's it's still a criminal offence. Mm-hmm. So if you do. Uh, encourage them, we might be inciting them to do something <laughs> which is, is against the law. So, again, mm. the, 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 the thing is, uh, I'm not talking about sexual acts, that's why we are not talking about sexual acts, but very often these people are a minority, and very often these people are teased, teased unmercifully, they are teased ruthlessly and cruelly, and so for the things which they experience, I think it's very bad, actually, for them to be, you know, victimized this way. We should not stand 
for the victimization of, of uh, people who have same-sex attraction. But yet at the same time, it's, it's all these cruel jokes which come up. Huh? That's very bad. But if we are there to provide support, then if you can surround this person with love and understanding, then we can uh, allow this person to feel protected, to feel safe. Many of them, uh, especially those with same-sex attraction, many of them um, go through depression, suicide, because they don't know what they're dealing with sometimes. I've got these feelings towards somebody, and yet at the same time, uh, how do I express myself? How do I show this? How do I talk to other friends? You talk to other friends as though you were a friend yourself, mm. but you will have to... Uh, not use it with you you may in include this person without discrimination i think for young people we need to have that sense of security it's when we are not secure it's when we are being picked on by another group an aggressor group uh, people who are, are homophobic people who who do not who cannot stand their presence, that's when homophobia becomes very, mm. very scary for people with same-sex attraction. Yeah. So or the, if they're yeah. caught, if they're caught doing certain things and, and then they're beaten, I, I, it's, it's terrible actually. Mm -hmm. yeah. So a, a question here for you, Father. So if mm -hmm. someone does confide with mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. and then they said, okay, I have this kind of attractions yeah. and yes, they are seeking for help, mm -hmm then mm -hmm. is it a matter of changing the society, stopping all the bad jokes, or is it a matter of trying to change this person mm -hmm. to no, change their attraction? Is, is, mm -hmm. is it a matter of no, this too? I, I, I honestly do not believe we can actually change someone's mm -hmm. attraction or, or even somebody's orientation. There are some people who go to certain pastors to be prayed over in some kind of exorcism, but uh, uh, I, I don't believe in that. I believe in counselling, I believe in talking, I believe in sharing, um, and I believe in being um, listening with empathy, I believe in uh, talking to that person, and also encouraging that person to continue with his life. That that person, he or she, has to live with a, a, a very heavy cross, mm. but nevertheless, this cross can be borne through. This cross can be carried. Nobody, uh, uh, sometimes people think that the cross they carry is just too heavy. They get depressed and then they want to think about suicide. But actually the truth is that if we were supportive enough, we could defend them. We could stand up for them. Especially when they're being discriminated against. Yes. But there is a difference between going into a culture of support as opposed to going into a culture of celebration. We can't go into a culture of celebration with them. As, say, for example, if uh, they want to hold Mardi Gras, we can't be doing that. But we can encourage them to face their future, face their responsibilities, face the things which they have to do. Then. Mm. And sometimes also, Listen to them, especially when their parents are 
uh, are the aggressors sometimes. I, I've listened to a lot and I've heard about some parents who drive their children out of the house and that, that's probably the worst thing which a parent can do. Um, once I, I interviewed a parent and this parent who, who told the son to get lost uh, and said, what else can I do, father? Oh, what else? So much more. Embrace your son. Love your son. Hug your son. Uh, and tell, tell your son that it's all right. Mom is here for you. Not get out of my house. Mm. That's the most unloving thing to say. So mm. I have had people come up to me and said, Father, I'm gay. And, and when they say this, the first thing I uh, do is to embrace them and hug them. Mm -hmm. And say, please do not be afraid to tell me about your struggles. So, Father, mm -hmm. actually, another thought on this. Mm -hmm. There are just, you've mentioned already many, many times mm -hmm. just now that they are being victimized mm -hmm. unfairly. Treated, as discriminated. Well, discriminated. Uh, we can go on mm -hmm. and on. We can go on. But, so I want mm -hmm. your thoughts on this actually. Mm -hmm. The question mm -hmm. uh, goes like this How would you address the argument that goes, having same sex, attra same sex attraction never hurt anyone? Mm -hmm. So please go police other issues, mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. How can we approach this? Because mm -hmm. if is if this person mm -hmm. tells you uh, mm -hmm. tells you off saying that I'm not doing anything wrong, mm -hmm. how can you say that I'm doing something wrong? So same sex attraction, like I said, mm -hmm. is neither right nor wrong, okay? But only when you act on it. So that's why the church tends to avoid the labels. Uh, gay, lesbian, bisexual, because we don't label them. Once we fix a label on them, that's when they, uh, uh, that's almost like giving them a life sentence. You are like this and you will never change. Uh -huh. No, we, because it, the feelings which you feel are of the same sex, same gender. Same sex attraction is the actually the politically correct term to use mm. without because somebody with same-sex attraction can still change you're giving them the opportunity to change calling somebody LGBTQ uh, is to affix labels on certain people and they may not over the course of time be the same label after that because we have to understand the whole process of growth as we grow we change. And as we change, we uh, discover more and more about ourselves. We discover our own, uh, as we become more mature, we get to know ourselves. We become more self-aware. So if you are in your teenage years, and even if you're in your early 20s, you are still discovering yourself. Just look at me, I'm 57 years old, but I'm still finding out things about myself which Delight me. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. <laughs> okay. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. And so, um, it's important. I didn't know I, 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 I liked, um, uh, what was this? I didn't know I liked uh, uh, Ariana Grande, but yeah. That's a different <laughs> story altogether. Uh, but very importantly for us, we need to understand, we need to continue to be open to growth. And that is a personal journey which we must undertake together with our friends. 
if we are if others befriend us they will know who we are mm. you can support them i've always um, thought community plays a very important role that this person shouldn't go it alone yeah and i think I just want to move on to this yes. next topic, which is talking about the professional standards office that the mm-hmm. church, oh, okay. uh-huh. the, that the mm-hmm. Archdiocese of mm-hmm. KL yes. has set up. Yes. And this office actually handles cases pertaining to all kinds of abuses. Mm-hmm. And I think we tend to forget that this community mm-hmm. are people who need such counseling and aid as well. Mm-hmm. And as far as I know, uh, currently the office deals with cases related to children only. So Sexual abuse. Sexual so, abuses. Uh, but it's yeah. much wider than that. Ah. But the thing is, the fact is, the thing is, how do we talk about sexual abuse, especially of minors? Why am I, are we emphasizing on minors? Because minors are still developing. They haven't developed their, their sexual identities yet. So... If we were to molest them or, or do uh, uh, sexual acts with them, then this would impact their sexuality. So they, sexuality uh, in a minor can be malleable. It can change because we did something to this child. And that's very dangerous. Mm. So there's something called grooming, where a child is being prepared groomed for sexual intercourse. But this is the problem. We should be very vigilant to protect the minor because the minor is still a work in progress insofar as sexuality is concerned. Let that person develop naturally. Don't um, do things which will distort his sexuality. Mm. He should be allowed, he or she should be allowed to grow. Mm. That's why uh, child protection or PSO is so important because we do not want to impact his sexuality through other means, uh, through some sexual predator. No, we will not allow that. Mm. So I think what we can uncover here is that one of the root causes Mm. of um, same-sex attraction could be could be mm-hmm. that the this person might have faced some sort of abuse that was not dealt with yes. at the very very early stage. Mm-hmm. So saying that mm-hmm. this office mm-hmm. aids helps these mm-hmm. children at mm-hmm. a very very early age to mm-hmm. deal to face these mm-hmm. problems, mm-hmm. which I think you see yeah. we won't know until it is brought to our attention, which is when they are oh. a bit mm-hmm. older. So, and then sometimes it's shocking to discover that, you know, since five years old, this child has been molested. It's shocking to discover, but they said, my uncle molested me, or, you know, so and so molested me. And then when we come to it, it's too late. I've met cases where they were molested as children, now they are grown ups. And so now, just imagine how much counseling goes into that. Just imagine how much we need to reach out but the thing is they need to signify we cannot force them to tell their stories mm. so um, and how do we do that father how do we so we hold yeah. uh, uh, sessions on safeguarding and in safeguarding there are people who come to the front 
to say, and they admit, no, there's some, I've been, I was molested when I was five years old. And they do not forget. It's like it's been branded into their memories, and I feel so sorry listening to them. But you see, for many of them, they realize it's therapeutic to talk about it. Mm. They need to talk about it, and they need to share the agony. And we need to be uh, uh, in solidarity with them. How? By just coming in a circle and just praying over them, by expressing our solidarity mm. with them, and to tell them, yes, we love you, sister. We love you, brother. Yeah, we can't force them to come up, but mm -hmm. at the most that we can do, I feel like mm -hmm. what you're telling me is that we have to be available mm -hmm. at all times, mm -hmm. any times, mm -hmm. whenever that mm -hmm. you know they want to come up during their own time at their own time. Mm -hmm. Yes, we are available. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So they have to be, they have to be secure to open up to you. So in forums like this, they have opened up, and uh, yeah, and the tears. Usually, we take two, three boxes of tissue paper. Because, you know, the, there's so much crying, so much emotional turmoil. Well, you're unboxing something that has been kept inside for quite a long time. I'm not surprised that it takes mm. more than two or mm. three boxes or even four. So <laughs> imagine, imagine something which has been repressed mm. for the longest time. And this person longs to talk about it, but was afraid to. And mm. only when you come to this forum where people talk about it and allow giving them the opportunity to talk about it. Because you you can't come out of a conversation in a social context and say, you know, I was molested by my uncle. Nobody will, nobody knows how to react, but only in a, a, a safeguarding environment. In a focused environment. Yes, a focused one, mm. which is dedicated to helping this person. So, of course, all this is done under confidentiality, yeah. but yet at the same time, I cannot help but see and notice this is what's happened. Uh, people need to talk. People need to express their hurts, mm. and the hurts go deep, yeah. especially in to topics of sexual abuse and all that. Huh? Yeah. All right. So, so just imagine, huh? mm. just pairing the two. Imagine those who were sexually abused, those who were not sexually abused, but who uh, experienced same-sex attraction while they were growing up. Imagine having to live in secret. Sorry, living it in the closet, as it were. Mm. Imagine how difficult it is to tell, and 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 whether to tell or not to tell. Uh, that seems to be yeah. a struggle, struggle. Mm. All right, Father. Mm. I think we can go on and on about okay. how we yeah. can. Yeah, we can. We can the about the community, <laughs> but yeah. we have to conclude it. So, okay. lastly, right. Father, oh. uh, as just as a closing remarks mm. to our listeners, yes. how can we? be more compassionate in dealing with these, such, these people mm -hmm. who are struggling with such attractions while we know that they're trying to be faithful to the Catholic teachings. Mm -hmm. yes. How can we help them mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. be incorporated back mm -hmm. into the church? Mm -hmm. yeah. Make them feel welcome. How do we do you that? You see, on one hand, they feel the urge to the, the, the temptation to and uh, drawn to live uh, a life with a partner on one hand. And yet at the same time, they said, no, there must be a way for us to be chaste so that I, we do not commit sin. I do not want to commit sin. And I salute people who are in this category. Yes, 
I, I, am, uh, I have same-sex attraction, and I and my, inverted commas, my partner, are also attracted to one another, but we do not want to sin. We want to remain single, but in a committed relationship to each other, but without committing sin. And I really take my hat off to each other, because to them, because it's such a struggle. And so they come to me for, for advice, they come to me for um, confessions. It's important for me to hear them out. Mm. Okay. Uh, and also to, to steer them in the right direction that yes, continue to be chaste, continue to live your life, continue to live a life of chastity, but yet at the same time, you are committed to one another, good, but do not cross that line do not commit sin. And that's very hard, very hard. It's like, somebody told me, it's like walking on glass. Trying to I, walk on water here. Yeah, so. or, or walking on water, <laughs> yes. So, um, I, I sometimes, it hurts them, but yet at the same time, they said, you know, if this is enough for me to live a life without, uh, live out my life without committing sin, Yes, I would applaud them and pray for them and pray for them often and be in touch with them. Mm. So the same with all of us. Mm. We can encourage them by telling them how to live a chaste life, a chaste committed life. To, to Christ, and to be able to, to be faithful always to Christ and nevertheless, yes, be in a committed relationship to one another, but without committing sin. That's very difficult to do. Agreed. Agreed. All right, Father, mm. thank you so much for My pleasure. spending this time with us. Mm. <laughs> it's five o'clock already. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> okay, the listeners won't know how long we talk. Mm. Anyways, okay. thank you so much for being here, uh -huh. for, for sharing your knowledge on mm. this, for sharing so much compassion as well. I mm. think from just from this talk between you and me, mm. I just felt that oh. you have so much love for these people. And I thank you for, once again, sharing with us. All of them are children of God. All of us are children of God. And that's the best thing we can do to celebrate the love of God in our lives and in our, our brothers and sisters' lives who are attracted to each other, experiencing same-sex attraction. Yeah. Pass on the love. Pass on the love. Amen. So listeners, with this month being the month of the rosary, the chapel is having a daily rosary, which you can get the link in the bulletin. For any other parish updates, you can refer to our website or our Facebook and Telegram accounts. Also, follow this podcast so you know when the next episode comes out. Or you can also head on to podcast.christusaman.org to catch up on all the previous episodes. Goodbye. Unboxing the Faith is brought to you by the Social Communications Ministry of the Chapel of Christus Aman.